When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Using Rocket Pro TPO is like managing a team of all-stars. Our powerhouse squad of purchase underwriters, complete document reviews, and initial underwrites in just one day. With our industry-leading mortgage insurance and with a wide variety of products to use, your mortgage game will have zero weaknesses, helping you and your clients win more closings against today's tough competition. Rocket Pro TPO compete at the highest level. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, NMLS Consumer Access.org number 3030. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I am so delighted that you joined us today. Thank you again for taking time out of your day. I know many of you let me know where you're listening. Some of you are working out, others are walking, others are riding their bike, and still more of you are driving into the office. But I really thank you so much for sharing all these opportunities that you've been taking to listen into the podcast. So today I have a great guest with me, Brian Likens, and he is a loan officer. Actually, he's more than a loan officer. He's a branch manager in Kentucky noted as being one of the top or the top purchase money loan officer in the country. Are you the top or are you the purchase money? Top 100 on the broker side recognized with United Wholesale Mortgage. There you go. Okay. Now we'll be more specific about it. That's a really cool thing. I look back on that, you know, when Bank of America was really big and strong and everybody liked working with them, we were the number one loan officer for them delivering business to them at that time too. So kind of a nice thing to feel, right? It's a great right. thing. Oh, yeah. It's good to be recognized. I want to share today because obviously Mortgage Lending Mastery is primarily for mortgage loan officers, but we have a lot of different people on here because we talk about personal and professional growth for everybody, really, a lot of salespeople. So let's get started with what your experience is like. You've been in the business for 17 years. I know that you came out of college, you know, kind of got in this business, but Take us back to, you know, you got in the business, someone handed you a rate sheet, maybe, maybe 17 years ago, that didn't happen as much, but someone handed you some stuff and you kind of learned and you had these ups and downs. So tell us about your trials and tribulations that you experienced when you first got in the business. It was the first job out of school. I lived actually in Lexington, Kentucky and would drive a hundred miles each way every day. I saw the ad in the classifieds or, oh, be a loan officer and make 80,000 a year. And 
thought, okay, well, this sounds great. I'll give it a try. It was kind of a unique situation because at the time it was actually for a company called IMF, which mm -hmm. was the largest mortgage broker in the U.S. at the time. And they, each state, they had a Kentucky mortgage funding or a Florida mortgage funding or a North Carolina mortgage funding. And they had just revamped the entire office. So they probably fired about 14 or 15 people. So I got to be number three coming back on board. Two couple loan officers were there already. So for the first 90 days, I didn't even have a branch manager. There I was kind of trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I went through a little week-long training class up at their corporate branch. I came back, was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I'll never forget when the, they finally brought a manager in to help out. I was ready to be done. I, I was ready to quit. So it just wasn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was at. It was kind of funny because the corporate manager and that manager sat down there like, Brian, you know, how many loans do you have? And I go, I think I have 18. And they're like, oh, you, you think, well, what do you mean? Well, I've got these files here. And they were like, well, let us take a look. So they grabbed the files and they're like, okay, Brian, all right. Have you got any of these in underwriting? And I sat and looked at them, what's underwriting? Right. <laughs> so there I am just sitting there. They started laughing. They're like, well, let us see these files. And I was like, well, I got 15 appraisals. And they're like, well, that's what you learned in corporate. Pick up the phone, order the appraisal on the first call. Right. So there I was with like 18 files just sitting there, all with the appraisals in it, income docs, and had no idea where I was going with it. So finally, somebody sat down and it kind of took off from there and actually trained me. But it was very discouraging at first. Yeah. Um, almost gave up. And, and then it, thank goodness somebody was actually able to sit with me and give me the time that, that's needed. So that was a very eye-opening experience. And it was kind of funny because the other loan officers were hazing me and I didn't know it. They had me driving and doing their respas all over the state of Kentucky, telling me that that was part of a new loan officer's job. Oh. So as a new loan officer for the first 90 days, you're supposed to go get our RESPA signed for us to learn. <laughs> and that's pretty incredible in the first 90 days to get 15 loans, regardless of what any market is or anything like that. So tell us how you did it. How did you get those first 15 well, you know, It was a little bit different. You know, they were doing mailers and things like that. It wasn't, mm -hmm. wasn't any internet leads or anything. I mean, we were yep, still- Well, mailers were a big deal. You know, we used to uh, ride our bikes on Sunday mornings and stuff them into mailboxes. That we used to do that with our kids. You know, we'd have a little basket and our kids, and we'd drive around and stuff mailbox. Mm -hmm. Those types of things, they come back around. You know, they come back around. Well, one of the That's big cool. things, I mean, that I remember was huge is if you actually have a good data list and you handwrite the, the envelopes, that was the secret, handwriting. Yeah, yeah. They tried to get cheap and do that cursive. It was obviously, it right. tells computer right. generated. But the yeah. handwritten envelopes, they were money makers back in yeah. the day. So we were responsible for writing 500 a week. And oh, wow. after I tried that in one weekend, I paid somebody to do that. So, right. Well, at least so, you had the foresight to do that. So many people, you know, are so concerned about control. They're like, oh, I can't have anybody else doing that. I have to do that. Totally. What if they know that's not my signature or my handwriting, right? Crazy. So I spent about nine hours of trying to write those envelopes. It was, I was like, no, I'll pay somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you started off kind of that way and maybe you stayed with that company for a while. Maybe you made some changes. So, you know, eventually you had to go into a different world of meeting realtors, right? Like, oh, now I got to go out and do those types of things. So tell us about how that kind of transpired. Did you have success with it or what had happened there? I had a unique experience. I mean, I was a refi. I went into management, then I was a corporate manager, and then I was a regional manager. When everything changed during the crisis, it mm -hmm. was back to sales. We go. So yeah. that was my first introduction because everything was refinanced pretty much back then. And that was yeah. my first introduction to purchases. When I started at this one particular office, I had no idea they were all purchased. I was all refi. 
So when, when I got the introduction, it was lending tree leads, basically. Oh, yeah. So the company was ordering all lending tree leads, and we were licensed in seven or eight states. Meanwhile, to figure out that, okay, this is a big difference from a refinance where you're putting two or three percent on the refinance right. versus a lending tree lead, which is, is really a unit game when the internet leads are a major unit game. It was a major eye-opener for me. It was when I finally transitioned was that entire time I was closing those internet leads and doing 15, 20, 25 a month based on units. I was never asking for the business. And you hear that, it's kind of cliche. Oh, just ask for the business. But honestly, you hear that and you never do it. But yeah. once I started doing that after with some experiences, because you know, I'd be working with agents that never met. They're in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, everywhere that have never met me. And, and finally, I was like, did you have a good experience with us? And we appreciated the communication, which well, there's a lot of things that I think go into that. But once I asked, it just kind of started giving me a chance, which was really shocking because it sounds a lot easier. That kind of makes sense. It's interesting that your exposure to real estate agents was from a distance, right? I mean, here we are in COVID and it's all virtual and it was kind of virtual all that time, you know, whereas so many people are making phone calls, you know, 40 calls a week, every Monday, you know, to make 40 calls to a bunch of people that they've never had experiences with to see if they'll sit with them and have coffee with them and that type of thing, which I'm not a fan of. I mean, obviously right. you can tell <laughs> from what I said, I'm not a fan of it because my business was very much involved in relationships. You know, it was all about relationships. I started developing a, you know, a database of real estate agents and maybe some other people, you know, to bring into your fold and that, that became where you continue to get your business. So what's happened in the last five or six years of your practice, you know, yeah. that has shifted or changed or you've added on to it? Yeah. So shockingly enough, this, this is just up to two and a half, three years ago that I was all ending tree. So wow. yeah. or, you know, that leads. Finally just sat down one day. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus. You know, my main priority, I can kind of tell you the, some of the secrets that I do, always give Wednesday updates to all parties. You know, now they're coming out with great software that gives updates to all parties on your loan progress, kind of like the Domino's pizza tracker type thing. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I was very hands-on because up until two or three years ago, I was still processing my own files too. Yes. So one of the major things that really took it to the next level is communicating with both parties. The listing agents act shocked when they get updates from you on a weekly basis. <laughs> it was, I'm going to try it. I'm going to focus and I'm going to dig in on every single loan that I close as long as they had a good experience, as long as, as long as everything went smooth, the underwriting process. But I made it my purpose to update them and communicate with them multiple times throughout the process. Mm -hmm. And then I just asked, what's kind of crazy is, is 90% of the agents that I work with, I've never met. Yeah. So, which is kind of funny. So, you know, I do 60% of my business is Florida. I live in Kentucky. When do you ask? Because, you know, there's a lot of philosophies around planting seeds and watering seeds throughout the process mm -hmm. versus just waiting till the end. You know, and I think a lot of loan officers just don't ask. And for the people that I coach, I talk about this all the time is why do we in this industry always do one and done? Like mm -hmm. I got a lead, I close the deal, done. And there's no other things. And I've actually developed a way that you can get lots and lots of loans from every single loan that you get. I have like seven or eight different techniques that I use during the process. So very quickly, I can double people's income. So just asking one time could double your income, could double well, your volume. 
one of the things I made the biggest mistake, and if you're a new loan officer or two or three years in the business or even 10, one of the biggest mistakes I made was not keeping that database of closed yeah. clients and not marketing to that closed database or not yeah. keeping an agent list to where you can simply send out an email every once in a while with an update or something like that. That's where I really failed basically because I feel like it potentially could be doubled right now had I done that. Oh, so yeah. I've or, recognized or the importance of that <laughs> yeah. over the last yeah. six months. I mean, with, yeah. with being mostly a purchase loan officer, I'm sitting on a fortune in refinances. So yeah. the only ones I talk to are just the ones that happen to call in because yeah. I'm so busy still doing purchases. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, imagine how much you're leaving on the table, not having yes. nurtured those database, you know, and all you'd have to do is hire more people, right? I hear a lot of people saying, well, I can't take on any more business because I'm too busy. Oh my gosh, never, ever, ever say that. Yes, you can bring more people on, right? (laughs) So what's funny that you say that is, so I just now started assistance in the last, which which is very hard to find right now, especially because everybody being so busy. But I got very lucky because I found one that moved from New Mexico into the area and an agent told me about her being an LOA out in New Mexico. But, But I just now started getting the LOAs on board. And for like, for example, last week, 51 apps yeah, just from purchases, yeah. which was crazy. But I now have people able to help me take those apps. You know, one of the first things that could really help is make sure you've got that digital app access. Like if you can send a link to a potential person that's needing a pre-call or an agent or something, make sure you've got that digital app access. They can fill it out and you can reach out to them if you're very busy. Yeah. Or have someone else do the preliminary. Yeah. Let's talk about 51. You know, you're saying, so I imagine... And listen, I'm the voice of the people that are listening in, Mm -hmm. right? They're going, wait a minute. He said he didn't keep his database. He's only been doing this for two and a half years the right way, so to speak, right? (laughs) Or he's doing it that way. So how is it that he got 51 applications on purchases? Yeah, I would say right now, I've probably got about 25 agents that are now being consistent with me. Past clients are recommend, you know, you have that access. I've not really farm the database, but I use a little thing called Outbound Engine that's only mm-hmm. 250 bucks a month, shoots mm-hmm. out two little emails. <laughs> Pretty basic. Yeah. You'd be surprised if you just make sure it's all about that customer service experience. You know, yeah. that, that's very important. But then it's out of sight, out of mind. So even if they have a wonderful experience, you still have to make sure to touch base with them. But yeah, I mean, it's basically making sure, which we can talk about our processes and things like that, yeah. that we put in place now but it's making sure you're critically touching all parties and updating all parties every week throughout the loan process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I deal with a lot of lenders that, you know, I'm contingent on their closing being silent close with ours. And the agents are like, we haven't heard from anybody. I had a perfect loan process was cool. Right. I mean, I really did for years and years. And it's funny that you're mentioning 25 because my magic number was 22. I worked with 22 people. And by the way, they weren't all realtors. I only worked with four realtors. The rest were financial planners because I took a different path. And that's what's so great about our industry. And so my path was slightly different, but I only worked with four realtors. But I had my apostles, my 12 apostles. And the commitment level for those 12 apostles was, or that I required, was for them to provide me with two qualified referrals a month. So it's just a numbers game. 12 people giving you a minimum of 24 a month, right? That's just to start with. And then the balance of your 22 that you're focusing on. And then of course, all the ancillaries who pepper business in here, there and yonder, you know, and your past clients. So being able to have those kinds of numbers is pretty easy to do if people can just 
start figuring out that they have to ask for that business and they have to deliver an unbelievable client experience. So I want to ask you again, I want to go back to how did you ask? Most loan officers are going and saying, hey, okay, did you have a good experience? Great. Give me business. Did you have a good experience? Great. Let's have coffee. What were the steps that you take or still take in, did you have a great experience? Let's work together that actually yields them giving business to you. One of the things is the processing part of it is critical. And unfortunately, we're trying to develop in the broker world. A lot of us are going to the third-party processing companies or trying to help somehow establish a third-party processing company. But processing part is absolutely critical. So if your processors are, are hammered down, you have to still be able to make sure that you're given that weekly update. We put in a little bit of software that just does the milestones, like your appraisal is ordered, your appraisal is in. Mm-hmm. As soon as the appraisal is in, ask the processor to reply all, let everybody know the value is good. You put in those milestones for the automated up that's yeah. critical now. Mm-hmm. And then basically give it a personal touch every Wednesday. So my processors are required every Wednesday. If they're missing anything, one of the things that we're going to miss closing or closing is going to be delayed, we're very open and honest. You know, there's a lot of loan officers who will be a little shy away from communicating because they might not hit their deadline. Don't be like that. Just be very open and honest. Yeah. When I remember walking in this one, when I first started seeing the purchases, some of the loan officers would just completely say, it's none of your business. This is personal information for the buyer or this is private. And I still see some of that like on Facebook and things like that where people will say that. But they appreciate the honesty. You let them know you have a problem. So, you know, I learned that trick. Don't let them know every problem. Because they'll think everything's on fire. So right, right. The, yeah, because every loan has something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they all do. Yeah. So if it's at yeah. that point of getting to the phase where you cannot get past that obstacle or you're going to need some help, that's when you reach out and let them know, hey, guys, I need your help. Introducing yourself. I was laughing when you said this, too, because you said, you know, when the, the listing agents are like, oh, my gosh, you're calling. I remember calling this one agent one time and I said, hi, I'm Jen, you know, I'm with this company. And she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah right? Because it's usually the only time that loan officers call. And I said, you know, it's funny that you say that because there's absolutely nothing wrong. I just know that we have an extended closing going on here. We're going to close very quickly. It wasn't a quick close. And I said, and sometimes no news isn't always good news. And sometimes it is, but I always just like touching base with people when there's a lag time just to say, hello, what's keeping you up at night? What's going on? There's nothing happening on this side. I just want you to know we're just in a lull. Everything's good. We have everything we need. We're just waiting for the closing date to come, right? And I think if you can do that from the beginning, you have these milestones from the beginning, it's much easier to make that phone call that says, hey, we have a speed bump. And I think that's what you're talking about is having that authentic communication with them. You can have the authentic automation, but you need to have the authentic communication just as much of that. I just wanted to expand on that because I think that that's where the crust of this comes from is the trust that you're gaining with them. And every time you communicate, you're depositing into that trust account, not withdrawing from it. I want to ask you this, and maybe you don't know the answer to this. I happen to know the answer to my system, but How many touches are you making during a typical purchase transaction? And you can count everybody. So the appraisal is ordered. It goes to the borrower, the listing agent, and the buying agent. That's three. So contract comes in. We'll do a personal introduction to both sides. And one of the things all the LOs need to keep in mind is admins are gold for agents. So if you impress that admin to death, Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Those admins (laughs) are gold. So don't forget about them. 
So for example, you know, I've had one admin and she works with multiple agents across Florida. Well, I made it my specific goal to make sure I keep updating her all through the deals. And all of a sudden she was handing me agents. It, yeah. it was crazy. Hey, this agent so needs you. Line. Yeah, because yeah. I don't yeah. want to work with that loan officer. I want to work with you. Yeah. Well, there's an admin advocating for mm-hmm. me, which was awesome. And, and then I'm getting phone calls from agents that I don't even know who they are. And they're like, well, the admin at Red said you did a great job on this last loan. Don't forget about the admins. But yeah. I would say when we originally get the file, it's original update to all parties. Always ask what title company they prefer to use. I don't try yeah. to push the title company that we'd like to use. You know, don't get me wrong, yeah. we do, but typically certain states it'll be on the contract, certain states it's not. But I would say after that is a one, two, three, four, there's a six stage status update in our system. Yep. So that's um, 18. And it's basically like uh preliminary titles in, you know, appraisals yep. in. And I like yep. to do the personal touch. Please let everybody know, because you'll get the automated email, the appraisals in. If you don't shoot an email out within an hour stating, hey, you guys, the value is good as the value's is. value is fine. You're going to get what's the, the value. Now, I'll tell you, the appraisal is probably the one area in the entire process that we have modified a thousand times. And we will let the appropriate parties know what the value is. And it meets or exceeds the value, the contract terms. And It still needs to be reviewed by an underwriter and just keeping adding all those things to try to prevent the constant phone calls coming in because those phone calls prevent us from doing our job and being able to provide that service. Yeah, And that brings up a great point. Like on those automated status updates, you can address those bullet points. Yes. You know, one of the things that was driving me insane was like, for example, when we would make pre-CD going out. Yeah. Basically. Well, that would go out and I'd get eight phone calls a day, he's a borrower's panicking that the numbers are off balance. That's because so finally I was like, I've got to put some language in that. Please ignore if it's unbalanced, it's going through that phase. Change, I don't get a single phone call, which is pretty awesome. I just remember when we were going through that as well, particularly with the appraisal piece of it, because everyone wanted to know the value. Everyone wanted to know if they could get a copy of it. And We just had to continually add little bullet points and this and this and this and that to finally get it to the point we weren't getting a response from it, but it was rather that I was actually just picking up the phone and saying, hey, we had time to review it. Do you have any questions? Because I was asking for more referrals at that point. That was the opportunity. So our process, we had 71 touches during a purchase transaction. There's 71 different points of touching during a purchase transaction. And so those that are listening, you know, think about how many touches you're making. If you're not making any, you know, and you're being that ghosting loan officer, then see how the impact could change. And it will, I promise, change your ability to get in 51 purchase contracts in a week because it's just that easy to do. So so, it sounds too easy, but it is though. It it is. It's shockingly, but you have to make the effort to do it. And it can't be one of those jobs where Finally, when I, when I said it, I said, okay, I can't do this for like one week and stop. So I remember no. committing to 90 days. I remember saying, Make it a habit. It. I'm going to do this, put my checklist down, and I've got to do this every day for 90 days and see yeah. what happens. And all of a sudden, it just started working. I mean, that's exactly how you know I became one of the top loan officers in the country. Being in the top 200 is you kill them with service. And now it's not even service. It's the experience. You kill them with the experience that they get to the, especially for loan realtors, they don't have to constantly be doing your job. This allows them to go sell more homes. They're not constantly worried about your job and allows you to do more business because you're not constantly 
in a reactionary mode or a defensive mode, mm-hmm. you're in an offensive mode. And now when you call that real estate agent, they see your name coming there. They're happy because they know it means good news. It's always something is progressing. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in COVID, how you're managing your relationships with your partners and or what are you doing with your clients that's any different from what you were doing before COVID? Business is actually, uh, I've still been working 12-hour days, unfortunately, so business hasn't slowed down. You know, I think one of the things that a lot of loan officers need to attempt to do is I don't go after the heavy-hitting producing agents. You know, I might get one. Don't get me wrong. I've got a couple in, in my stable. But if you were to look at my board behind me, you know, there's a list of my agents and things like that. But I try to make sure I cater to that agent that only does one or two deals. Mm-hmm. And then get try them to get to a stable. Get to three to four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, they might be a little bit unexperienced or, or they, you know, usually sometimes they're the ones that stress you out the most. Yeah. But, you know, make sure you cater to those because they're usually good for one or two deals a month. I took that approach a little differently. I've got a couple of heavy hitters, but I went after the, the ones that are good at least for one or two and make sure they just have a wonderful experience. And that just kept growing. It, yeah. That kind of makes yeah. sense. So, you know, that's yeah. what I love about this business is that you can take thousands of different approaches and still be very successful, which is why I love sharing it in Mortgage Lending Mastery is this way works for you. And this way mm-hmm. may work for another handful of people or someone else may say, well, I've already tried it and it didn't work for me. And they go a different direction. And that's what I absolutely love about what we're doing is the ability to be very, very successful comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes. And the idea here is for you to just get another nugget of maybe one change you'll make, maybe two changes that you might make. And that becomes that habit that you were mentioning, you know, that consistency and continuity that really does grow your practice. I absolutely love that. So what does 2021 look like for you? What are you doing in 2021? What does that look well, like for you, COVID or not? My goal is to hit hundred million which Mm -hmm. is a little bit hard to do as a broker, but that's my goal for 2021. In the last four or five months, I've got one LOA and I've got four that are in training. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to take a little bit of a different approach of not bringing in people that have never done it, basically, and trying to put them through some like online coaching and things like that. And basically my my approach this year is going to be training from the inside out. So I'm sectionalizing the picture of the loan process from A to Z. I'm putting them in through A to F, and then I'm going to move them up the line and let them learn the loan process through as kind of like an LOA or administrative assistant, and then let them either get licensed. That's going to help them to grow the LOs side of it. But it's already been a game changer for me just from taking a lot of things off my plate. Oh, yeah. Um, you should have done it quite some time ago, actually. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things I wish I would have done. Yeah. It's always, yeah. lead indicators. I mean, when you're working more hours and you're trying to bring in more business and you're, you're going, I've got so much business. The minute you say that, it's like, okay, that's a lead indicator that you need to get ready to hire another person real quick. Right. Yeah, it's right. crazy. What do you do to improve yourself? What do you do on a daily basis? What are you listening to? What are you subscribing to? What are you participating in? to improve both your personal and professional skills? I wish that I had time. To add. There's a lot of sources that I'm not aware of, things like that. I kind of unwind. I say it, I leave the office every night at like nine, but I kind of unwind looking at a lot of the Facebook groups. There's a lot of good information you'll see, you know, in joining some of those large loan officers groups, like a really good one is Betted VA. They have a really neat, huge source of veterans that if you are part of that group, you can actually answer questions for them. Yeah. yeah. You answer enough of the buyer's questions without soliciting 
Yeah. They will give you leads. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's kind of what I use to unwind, just checking out some of the larger Facebook groups. Yeah, and I love that, and I love that you're going to consumer rather than to loan officers, other loan officers to try to solve their problems. And although those are good, I mean, my group is mortgage lending mastery, right? And so I'm there to solve problems, but it's different angle. If I were a loan officer these days, I'd probably be going to consumer sites all the time to be able to help answer questions and real estate sites and stuff as well. So you subscribe to Mortgage Coach. So I'm on the, uh, you also do the Carl White. Yep. So the Freedom Club Carl's a dear friend of mine. Yep. (laughs) Dear friend uh, of mine. A little bit unique in that situation because I'm not having a lead issue. I'm having a structure issue. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so that's where so your they, LOAs are trying to help you out so you can have a life. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So one of the things I'm doing because I expect this to be, you know, around for the amount of business that I think is going to be here for some time. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'm trying to do personally because of underwriting turn times, for example, I'm trying to make the front end very heavy. Yeah. Even though we have processors that do quite a bit. I'm actually trying to make it as almost as stiffless as possible. Yeah. So on the front end. So that's why I've got going on my fifth one in training right now. And we're trying to kind of set up a little bit of an assembly line on the front end. Now it's going to take a little bit longer to get that file into their underwriting queue. But my objective is to come out with three steps or four steps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that whole one touch process, you know, one to two touch process, you know, is really key to be scalable. Yeah. So I think that's important right now because of the underwriting turn time. So a little yeah. bit more that you can put on the front end, even though that can take away from the sales side of things, but that's why you need to bring on your assistant, right. you know, and don't be afraid. Well, and yeah. And have your client be more of a partner for you, you know, for this to be successful in the time frame that we all want mm-hmm. is setting those expectations with that client and making sure that they understand that they play a critical role in this and that you're not going to move forward with the processing of the loan until they have all the documents to you. So I put deadlines. So in our little to-do list that we send out, we have our little purchase to this and like have to have this in the next 72 hours. You've got up to seven days to get us this. Make sure you put those deadlines in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and hold them to them. Yeah, that's the key. You can't just put it in there. <laughs> you have to actually hold them. Point. Don't <laughs> hesitate to ask the agent to help. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times a loan might sit there and you're yeah. sitting there like the borrower hasn't given me information. You need to tell that agent right now. Yeah, immediately. And immediately. They will. Yeah. They will. Well, yeah, we them. call that loan threatening. Instead of life threatening, if it's loan threatening, you get other people involved. Always right. get other people involved when it's loan threatening. Don't hold that back. You know, go for it. Let me ask you this because you said, you know, hey, I don't have any time to really do any of that. Think about a time when you did have some time. Tell us about a book that really inspired you. I'd be honest with you. We also being a sales manager, you know, there's been times when I'm up to 41 loan officers or yeah. down to 21. I hate to say it, it, it's just straight work for me a lot, well, yeah. unfortunately. So I don't have that good little balance of relaxation. So unfortunately, so there's not much books that I read when it comes to that type of things. But I'll cruise Facebook late at night and look for inspirational stuff. And yeah, as far as a book. Yeah. Well, when you're doing good volume and you're working hard, it's hard to even be concerned about anything that will inspire you or, you know, have a mantra. If, unless you do have a mantra, do you have a mantra for you and your team? No, not not really. Other than communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you one. I'll tell you one of the little things that, you know, a little tip for loan officers out there is we send out a handwritten card on every single credit pool. Do this. I promise you, it goes a long way. And then I also send out a handwritten thank you card at closing. Yeah. And I send one with the closing agent to both sides. Yeah. And you would be shocked, not the generic one, make sure it's handwritten. 
So it goes a long way, so much longer than you would think. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. you know, every single powerful. clue we have. Yeah, thank you. Notes are absolutely powerful. Well, Brian, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time today. I know you got to get running and get on to your next appointment, but I appreciate you sharing your tips and some secrets and just some other things, you know, to hopefully move someone else's business forward. And I just wish you the best in what you're about ready to embark on with your team, because there's challenges there too. I wish you the best in that. And, you know, I hope to see your name on the list doing a hundred million. I've been there. It is a really exciting time. I just wish you, you know, the best in being able to get there. So thank you again for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Everybody, I just want to say again, thank you so much for listening in to Mortgage Lending Mastery. And don't forget, give us a great five-star review, write us a five-star rating, write us a great review. We love hearing the reviews. And by the way, when I see the reviews, if you have questions, please make sure that you reach out to me at jen at jenduplessis.com, or you can always find me on Facebook. And don't forget in Facebook, LinkedIn and all that stuff, but don't forget to go to Mortgage Lending Mastery and be part of our community. Come join us. Get your questions answered every single week. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.